Eric, Eric, this is Sam Sports Podcast. It is Wednesday, May 25th, 2016. I'm jumping back on the microphone to talk a little bit about all of this stuff going down with the NBA Conference Finals. Just when you thought it was safe to put in your picks, to make your bets, and already book your plane tickets to the finals, you were wrong, baby. You were so wrong. At this point in time, both... The Eastern Conference and the Western Conference have played four games. Uh, Eastern Conference stands at 2-2. Western Conference stands with the Thunder up three games to one over the Warriors. Let's start with something that's a little... Um, uh, the, the, the one, they're both unexpected. Let's start with the, the, the one that's lesser in your face, the Raptors and the Cavaliers. So Cavaliers clearly came out and just stomped on the Raptors in the first couple of games. They were shooting lights out. Uh, they were playing hard defensively, even though there was some sloppy basketball. The Raptors, you know, the worst, you know, they were just they hadn't figured out how to truly attack the Cavaliers yet. You had them in a situation where Kyle Lowry couldn't get hot, couldn't shoot very well. Uh, they didn't have the same post presence without Valachunas on the floor, um, and they hadn't exactly figured out the best rotation that was going to go up against this Cavaliers team. And LeBron and Kyrie Irving and all these guys. Um, just kind of did what they continued to do. They were, you know, scoring like crazy. Their offense was magnificent. They're going back and forth, up and down the floor. Very different from last year's team, which went to the NBA Finals, which was kind of a half-court, grinded-out, defensive-oriented team, whereas this year's team, much more oriented around offense and three-point shooting. Well, come games three and four in Toronto, that did not work. The Raptors pretty much came back out, and I think they started to realize that they could crash the boards with this Cleveland Cavaliers team. They really started to force them to work extremely hard on the defensive end, and I think that's where you started to see the Cavaliers were lacking a little bit. And then... DeMar DeRozan, Kyle Lowry really, really stuck it to him. I mean, they got up, they exploded in game four. Both of them had over 30 points. Um, and Bismack Biombo, man. Bismack Biombo, one of the most unsung heroes of this entire series. You know, with Valachunas going down, not only is he not only is Bismack playing amazing basketball, rebounding like, you know, like he's like hungry in the desert and all he needs to eat is rebounds. But he's also this emotional leader. He's kind of got a little bit of a Draymond Green in him, man. He's fired up. He's howling at the moon. He's really getting this team charged and energized for these games. Um, you know, and it's, it's been a hell of an asset for this Raptors team. So the thing that was kind of unsettling to me was really seeing how out of sorts and kind of lost the Cavaliers were in Game 4 the other night. So Game 4, um, they went down big to the Raptors and um, pretty much... Channing Fry coming in and shooting lights out in the third quarter was the only thing that brought the Cavaliers back. And they came back and they were able to take a three-point lead in the fourth quarter, but they couldn't hold on to it. It's almost a similar story with the, the Warriors and the Thunder. It was the same thing. The Thunder just had been pummeling them. And they jumped out to a, a really big lead. And then the Warriors did whatever they could to try to close the lead, but it still just wasn't enough. Um, this was truly, and this has been talked about a lot on ESPN and Bill Simmons' podcast as well, talking a lot about how this was truly a poor coaching effort by Teron Liu. This is where you get deep in the playoffs, you get to a situation where the coach needs to have a lot of influence on the series in the sense of making adjustments over the course of the series. So, 
Teron Liu, I don't think made proper adjustments. I think he, I think he made adjustments that didn't work out in his favor. One of the adjustments was uh, screwing with LeBron James's minutes. He got into a situation where he ended up playing LeBron James throughout most. Of, he played him all the first quarter and played him into the second quarter. There was this feeling like they were sort of getting locked out. They were getting suffocated and outscored by the Raptors, and I think he had this sense, which is kind of a common pitfall for any coach with LeBron James. Let's just leave him on the floor. Let's leave him on the floor and have him sock it to him. And Well, what happened is at the end of the game, LeBron James is fatigued. He's never going to tell you he's fatigued, but he was fatigued. And then that affects his shooting. That affects everyone else's shooting. Um, you know, th- at that point, the rotation wasn't working very well. And, you know, Teron Liu had discovered that this second unit where he brings in Della Vadova and Shumpert, um, you know, this, this sec- with Channing Fry, this second unit has really been uh, pretty, pretty effective in being able to bring about positive, you know, plus minus on the floor. And really, when Channing Fry came out with the second unit in, th- in the third quarter, that is what brought the Cavaliers back into the game. The tricky part is that in the fourth quarter, I bet it probably had something to do with the fact that Kevin Love, you know, stepped on some referee's foot and rolled his ankle. So for the second straight game, Kevin Love didn't play in the fourth quarter, which, you know, you can attribute to the ankle injury in this past game. But also part of it is that Kevin Love has been a defensive liability. And in the fourth quarter, they can't they they can't afford to have that defensive liability on the court. But the thing that really, you know, really raised my eyebrow was Teron Lou leaving Channing Fry on the floor. Now I know he has been an offensive explosion this entire time, which you got to give Channing Fry credit for. But at the end of the game, when they need Tristan Thompson, when they need those big physical bodies crashing the boards and getting those rebounds, they didn't have it. And the Raptors, you know, they're realizing that if they just rush, the, if they just get to the hoop as fast as they possibly can, and they can, you know, you know, drive and dish or kick and drive. I mean, they're going to be able to score more. They're going to be able to, you know, get underneath the skin of this Cavaliers team. And, you know, Cavaliers are doing a little bit of what the Warriors doing. You know, they're falling into this three-point shooting trigger-happy scenario where they're really feeling like, you know what, let's just shoot three more threes. We'll miss a couple of them, but we'll make a few and we'll start clawing our way back into this game. And you're not seeing that aggression. Now, Kyrie Irving is a brilliant offensive player on the floor. However, I mean he has not been a very good defensive player. So defense seems to be the pieces of this Cavaliers team that is really, really lacking. And whereas Teron Liu has made some poor coaching adjustments, I think Dwayne Casey's made some positive coaching adjustments because, again, Valachunas isn't playing. They're doing all of this with Bismack, Biombo. They're doing it with Luis Scola. They're doing it with Corey Joseph. And this is another situation um, where uh, Dwayne Casey is crunching his rotation. He's sticking with the few guys who are working with him. He's not trying to throw in guys and change up lineups and see what works. He's finding out that this is going to be working for him. Now, with all of the positive you know, momentum that uh, Toronto has pulled out of these two victories at home, they've got to now go into Cleveland tonight. And according to my clock right now, when I'm recording this, that game's going to start in about 45 minutes. They got to go into Cleveland tonight and win a pivotal game five. Now, this is something where I really got to give the swagger and the moxie to the Cavaliers. This is LeBron James. He's very calm. He keeps saying, I'm calm. I'm ready for a game five. He's played some of his best basketball at home in a game five. He's played some of his worst basketball at home in a game five. But I think we're truly in a situation where... 
you know, I, I don't want the Cavaliers to kind of resign to the fact of just giving LeBron the ball and letting him do whatever the hell he wants and scoring 40 points tonight. It might get to that situation, but I really don't think that's in the best interest of the Cavaliers. If you play that game plan, there's a higher probability that you're going to lose this game to the Raptors, okay? Because the Raptors have a proper system going on, and they're going to try to dismantle this Cavaliers team and exploit the defensive problems. I mean, Kevin Love and Kyrie Irving, when they are out on the floor together, the truth of the matter is they are not good defensively, okay? Wherever Kevin Love is, they're going to try to do a pick and roll with him because they know he's a defensive liability. And it's really, really revelatory when you're talking about Kevin Love and Kyrie Irving. These are great players, but in a seven-game series when everything is on the line, this is when you start to exploit the weaknesses of these players and the problems they have. And, you know, Kyrie's having some, you know, poor defensive moments. Kevin Love's having poor defensive moments. And, you know, some of the other key guys who we remember playing big minutes for this Cavaliers team uh, last year are not playing this year. You know, Timothy Mozgov is not getting any minutes. Uh, Shumpert has pretty much, you know, J.R. Smith has really outplayed him and sort of taken his position on the court. Uh, not that these, these guys are good defensive players, but you're seeing Teron Liu sort of lean a little bit more towards that offensive side of the ball, try to get this Cleveland Cavaliers team to become a little bit more lights out, almost like the Golden State Warriors. Um, and I think to a degree, their lack of defense hurt them in the last two games in Toronto. And I think, you know, I don't want to say that they didn't give Toronto enough credit but there was a little – I think they maybe underestimated Toronto. I don't know if they really – you know, they probably should have come in with a little bit more of a game face, a little bit of a better game plan, and I think they would have had a better outcome after, you know, two games in Toronto. But either way, they've got to go back to Cleveland. You know, it, they're still the Cavaliers. They're still playing from home. Toronto still needs to go into foreign territory and steal this game five, and it's going to be tough – to, to see LeBron and his team give that up. You're going to have to pry it from him. And now, uh, to go to the other side of the bracket, the Western Conference, where we're talking about the Thunder and the Warriors, now, with LeBron, I don't really see the Toronto Raptors being the team to sort of pry this NBA Finals berth from his fingers, but I do see the Oklahoma City Thunder being the team that will pry the Finals berth from the Golden State Warriors because both situations, the Golden State Warriors and the Cleveland Cavaliers, look like they're against the ropes. They look like they've been beat up, knocked out of their element. They look disoriented. They look frustrated. They look angry. They look like they're pointing fingers at each other. They're missing easy shots. They're getting frustrated. It's it's really the same thing that's happening to both of the NBA Finals competitors from last year, um, only probably maybe it's uglier in the Western Conference because there's better teams in the Western Conference. The Eastern Conference, I mean, this is truly the first decent team that the Cavaliers have had to play. They played the Pistons and they played the Hawks. The Hawks are a pretty good team, but I mean, the Pistons are, that's not a, that team is not ready for prime time. So the Cavaliers just have an easier path to the finals, whereas the Warriors, they kind of had an easy path. I mean, I think the Houston Rockets were a joke. Um, the Portland Trailblazers have got some exciting basketball players on them, but I mean, they're still not at the same level as the Oklahoma City Thunder. Um, and what you see is you see now Golden State is truly being tested. And Oklahoma City 
Plan- everything is is falling into place at the right time. They are getting hot at the right time. They're playing the right things. You know, Durant and Westbrook are playing out of their minds. Steven Adams is playing like he's Patrick Ewing. I mean, they're doing everything right for this Warriors team. They're finding out their weaknesses. And the truth is the Warriors... They have a tendency to play pretty sloppy basketball. They tend to throw the ball up and down the court. You know, this sort of transition, fast-paced offense that they play will lead to, you know, costly turnovers and things like that where just, you know, all of a sudden they do an alley-oop and they miss the guy and they throw it out of bounds. They're like, ah, whatever, they'll go back down the other end of the floor. But with a team like the Oklahoma City Thunder, they're going to make you pay. If anything, Oklahoma City is like a team that has been outrunning Golden State. Golden State has kind of been sort of daring everybody to to sort of outrun them and to play as fast basketball as possible. Well, Oklahoma City Thunder's playing fast basketball, and they're playing it better than Golden State, and they're out-muscling Golden State. I mean, it's truly, we're really, I think, seeing and almost underestimating to a degree how much energy it takes to guard Steven Adams. It it drains Draymond Green to guard Steven Adams all game. It is draining for Steph Curry to guard Russell Westbrook. These guys are animals. They are crashing the boards. They're getting offensive rebounds. And when the Golden State is going back down the other end of the floor and playing transition offense... You know, Oklahoma City Thunder is getting up in their face and not allowing these fast break points to happen. And when they shut down the fast break and they actually start playing in half court, Golden State can't get any separation. They can't get any space aside from Steph Curry driving to the hoop and doing a little bit of, you know, his his kind of pirouettes and, and backwards flips and teardrops and stuff like that. He can't get the same daylight. He's getting double teamed. Draymond can't hit any shots. Klay Thompson is, you know, he'll, he, I don't want to say he runs hot and cold, but sometimes he'll get on a streak. Like in this most recent game, game four, uh, you know, Golden State was down by like 20 points and they got back into the game because in the third quarter, Klay Thompson scored 19 points and just started hitting three-pointer after three-pointer after three-pointer, which is amazing, but you can't count on that to happen every single game. It's not going to happen every single game. And as soon as he stopped hitting those shots and Klay Thompson had to sit down and take a breather... Oklahoma City came right back. They started scoring again. They stretched the lead right back out to double digits, and all of a sudden the game was over and the second units came in. Uh, I mean, the thing that's getting me and the thing that makes me want to say that the Oklahoma City Thunder have a better chance at getting to the finals than the Cavalier or the than the Toronto Raptors is a the Thunder are a much better team than the Raptors. Uh, B the Thunder have two of the best players in the ba- two of the top five players in the NBA are on the Oklahoma City Thunder, and coaching is coming out right now. We, the, the, oh, Golden, the Oklahoma City Thunder are this ultimate dark horse uh, team that is in the playoffs creating noise we you know we knew they were dangerous we knew they were the number three seed in the west we always knew they were in the mix with the spurs and the warriors but we never kind of gave them the consideration because we had this feeling that it was going to be the spurs or the warriors getting into the conference finals no matter what i mean weeks ago I pretty much said, I want to see the Golden State Warriors and the San Antonio Spurs in the conference finals. I want to see a clash of the Titans. I want to see it happen. It's great basketball. It's going to be amazing entertainment. Please, I hope nothing gets in the way to make that happen. Well, I was dead wrong, and I'm happy to be dead wrong because I love watching this Oklahoma City Thunder, this Oklahoma City Thunder team play. They're playing competitive basketball. They're playing really great. They're exciting, and they are sticking it to this Warriors team. I mean, the Warriors... It looks like they don't know what to do. 
it, it looks like they really don't have answers because in game four, they needed to come back out. And, you know, it's like if there was a haymaker that they got hit by in game three, they needed to come back out and throw their own punch, win a game on the road, and actually take it back to, you know, their home arena tied 2-2. But to see them get stomped on, to see them get blown out and obliterated, I mean, they had no answer whatsoever for Russell Westbrook, okay? And they practically don't have an answer for Steven Adams either. And so this situation, you know, I'm sitting here now saying, I don't know what what adjustments they can do to come. The only thing I can think of is that maybe they they ride that home crowd, they get back to Oakland, they get the loud screaming cheers to hopefully help them hit a couple more three-pointers and squeak out a win. Because the only win the Golden State Warriors have is game two, and, you know, that was not a particular, that was a close game. Like, none of these games, you know, are really, really giving me the feeling like, like, Golden State has been scaring Oklahoma City. It looks like Oklahoma City's got all the momentum. They're, you know, they've got everything working in their favor. Billy Donovan, whereas we've been so skeptical about his coaching, you know, now I think he's doing some smart stuff. You know, he's he's his rotation has has shrunken to a playoff rotation. He's only playing like eight guys. He's not throwing Kyle Singler, Anthony Morrow, and Cameron Payne. Those guys are not playing. They're coming in for the you know, the, the, the garbage minutes at the end of the game, but for the most part, he's sticking, you know, Serge Ibaka, Serge Ibaka has arrived. You know, we were, I was really wondering what the hell happened to him, how well he was going to be playing at all. You know, now he looks like he's back. He's hitting shots. He's playing good defensively. And, uh, Robertson, I mean, Robertson has really been, uh, you know, amazing on the, he's always been an excellent defensive player, but truly, truly now, they're daring him to hit that three-pointer, and he's hitting it. Now you know you're in trouble. When you're doing every single thing you can to just guard Westbrook and guard Kevin Durant and do anything to quiet them, to have Robertson and Adams getting offensive um, you know, production, that's just killing you. It's just killing you. And then to sort of see... You know, these backup players and these big men get marginalized. You know, Festus Azili and and Andrew Bogut are are key pieces of this Golden State Warriors team. And every time they go to that death lineup, that small ball lineup where they bring in Iguodala and Harrison Barnes, along with Draymond and Klay Thompson and Steph Curry, you know, that was the lineup that was dominating all season. I mean, it was killing teams. However, they really can't deal with with the size of Oklahoma City with that lineup. When that lineup out there, you know, you throw Steven Adams out there, they can't handle his big body. They can't handle him crashing the boards. I mean, he's a monster. And and really, something nobody was expecting was to see so much of an impression that Steven Adams was going to leave on this series and also on the entire NBA playoffs because this isn't the beginning with Oklahoma City Thunder. We saw them rip apart the San Antonio Spurs. This is the same team that got blown out by like 30 or 40 points by the Spurs, but they'll tell you just as much as anybody else will tell you that was one game. They came back. Once they figured out how to take it to the Spurs, once they saw that Tim Duncan looked about 800 years old, Ginobili was over the hill as well, Tony Parker wasn't playing very well, all of a sudden the only people you had who was really producing on the team were Kawhi Leonard and LaMarcus Aldridge. And Durant and Westbrook were like, we will chew you up and spit you out. No problemo. And they took it to him and they... Last couple of times that that they beat the Spurs and dismantled them, I mean, it didn't even look like a competition. It looked like the Spurs had just rolled over at that point. And 
I don't think the Warriors are going to roll over. I certainly don't think it's going to happen at Game 5 in their home arena. But I think they're going to give it their all. And the truth is, they don't have an answer. And, and Oklahoma City is just playing out of their mind. They've, you know, whereas the team that kind of has the flow and the cohesion at the right time tends to be the team that wins, and you see it happen right away. Everything that Golden State had last year, I feel like I'm seeing Oklahoma City uh, have this year. You know, the ball movement is smooth. The passing is clean. The shots are beautiful. They're You know, it all looks like it's in rhythm, whereas Golden State just looks out of rhythm. They look out of sorts. Draymond is frustrated. You know, Steph Curry is not getting the looks that he wants. He's not getting the calls that he wants. And, you know, I think he shows frustration in a different way from Draymond Green, but still... You can see them cracking, and and I think it's I think this is the beginning of the end of the Golden State Warriors. So after all of that, after the unanimous MVP of Steph Curry, after 73 wins, they are now one game away from being done. And Oklahoma City, you know, we've been waiting for this ever since 2012 when they went to the finals. You know, we've been hoping and waiting for them to come. And every year, it's been three seasons. Something happened. You know, 2013, Westbrook got hurt. You know, 2014, Ibaka got hurt in the conference finals. 2015, Durant was done for most of the season and they missed the playoffs. Now, we're finally seeing this team that we've been, like, hoping for and, and you know, dreaming that we would see this, this Thunder team finally come to fruition. And, you know, I don't think anybody ever thought that Steven Adams, and, you know, I was listening to Bill Simmons earlier today, and he really nailed it. He's like, you know, I, I thought Steven Adams was a good bench player, you know, a good role player on this team, but I didn't see him having the effect and the impression that he's been having on these games. I mean, I don't think anybody did, but he is just amazing. He's playing out of his mind. So I, I titled this podcast NBA uh, Conference Final Upset because I do think that the Thunder are going to be upsetting the Warriors. Uh, it's a very sad uh, end to a beautiful story that is the Golden State Warriors, but my prediction is they're going to go down. I'm thinking six games. I think when they come back to Oklahoma, I think they're going to win game five in uh, Oakland, but when they come back to Oklahoma City for game six, I don't think they're coming out of there alive. Um, Cavaliers, I think, are going to take it in six games. I think they'll take this pivotal uh, game five in Cleveland, and then I think they'll they'll probably they'll probably close it out and and you know put their put their foot on the throat of the Raptors in game six and finish them off in Toronto. It'll be you know a good run for Toronto, but I do not see them getting into the finals. So at this point in time, like any type of sports person, I get to change my mind willy nilly. I was picking the Warriors over the Cavaliers in six games now. We're talking about the Oklahoma City Thunder and the Cleveland Cavaliers. Durant and Westbrook will be facing uh, LeBron James again. Uh, they saw each other in 2012. I don't know if I'm ready to make a prediction yet on this series because <sighs> Cleveland, you know, their their faults are getting exposed as well. They kind of have the same story as the Golden State Warriors. You know, once they face some real adversity with Toronto, you know, you're seeing all their weaknesses. You're seeing how much of a defensive liability love and Irving are you're seeing, you know, the, the, the immaturity of Teron Liu as a coach. I mean, Teron Liu made some really, really questionable coaching decisions in game four. Um, and it was very, very notable, uh, noticeable. Um, but it'll be quite interesting if we see Teron Liu and Billy Donovan, two first year head coaches in the NBA finals. It'll also tell you exactly, you know, 
How much of how much coaches affect the outcome of a game? If you've got two first year, I mean, we had a first year coach win the title last year with Steve Kerr. I mean, I think a lot more of it has to do with the talent on the floor than the guy behind the bench. Even though the guy behind the bench does have an important job, um, but Thunder Cavaliers, you know, God, it's all right. Initial prediction right now, right out the gate before I see anything else. You know, my heart of heart, I am a big LeBron James fan. I'm just, you know, it's been hard to admit that over the years because I think a lot of people like to hate on that, but I'm going to come right out and say it. I'm a big LeBron James fan. I think he's amazing. I think he's one of the best basketball players in the world, uh, certainly in the league. I still think he's a better player than Steph Curry, more well-rounded, brings a lot to his team, probably more to his team, because uh, I, I think Steph Curry has had more of a team around him than LeBron has ever had. Um, uh, well, maybe not when he was in Miami, but also LeBron has had multiple different versions of a supporting cast, and he's managed to drag all of them, or at least most of them, to the NBA Finals. I don't know if I can say that about Steph Curry. Um, So I'm very, very big fan of LeBron James. I'm hoping, and I truly want to believe, that the Cleveland Cavaliers are going to win the NBA Finals. But right now, from what I'm seeing, from the play on the court, Oklahoma City Thunder are the favorite. That team is, they are on a mission. Russell Westbrook will not be denied. I mean, there is... He's dropping triple doubles. He was doing his best impersonation of Steph Curry in Game 4 in Oklahoma City, shooting threes from 30 feet out, doing them cold-blooded, like cold-blooded, man. It was just splash after splash after splash. And I'm telling you, Golden State did not have an answer. So I got to pick the Thunder. I'm picking the Thunder to beat the Cavaliers. I'm going to say six games right now. I think that that's probably my best bet. Six games, they're going to take down the Cleveland Cavaliers and LeBron James. LeBron's amazing. He always gets to the finals. But once he gets to the finals, you know, it's a little bit of a different discussion there. And uh, he does not always prevail, and I don't think he will this year. So that being said, I'm going to go ahead and uh, say Oklahoma City Thunder are going to win the title in six games. That's my pick right now. Uh, My next podcast, I get to change my pick because I get to change it whenever I want. I'll tell you that I screwed it up the first time. I don't mind saying that. Uh, But right now, that's my call. Those are my thoughts on the matter. Um, On that note, everybody enjoy the game. You should sit down and watch it. Thank you very much for listening. I will be back on the mic very soon to talk more basketball and, uh, you know, hopefully have some more guests and uh, we'll we'll yak more. Thanks for listening to Sam's Sports Podcast. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye.